Hello, and welcome to the PPM Podcast by Rego Consulting. I'm Steve Winchester, and joining me today is the always fabulous, always wonderful Camille Pack. Aw, thanks, Steve. So we've got some great things today, stuff for PMOs and project managers and some tool-specific tips, too. That's right. And, you know, initially we were going to save this episode for a later date, but it was just so good we decided to move it up. But before we jump in, we have to let everyone know about our virtual man behind the production curtain, Rego Creative Director Extraordinaire Michael Murdoch. Michael, how's it going so far? Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's going great. Um, I'm really excited to see that uh, people are downloading the podcast. Also, if if you're enjoying what you're hearing, feel free to leave us a five-star rating from wherever you get your podcast from and help us grow our audience. Yeah, certainly. We would love to have your positive rating if you like what you hear. Now, Camille, what are we going to be discussing today? So we have a great PPM show today. We're looking at some content on our radar, including a free Jira connector. We'll share an interesting PPM question with everyone. And the part I'm really looking forward to, Steve, we have an interview with one of this year's PDMA speakers, Grant Zamont. Uh, Grant is great. One of our other Chicago guys. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also had a huge response to uh, our Jira connector. Sounds like we have a little something for everyone. I'm sure our listeners, if they don't know Grant, will really respond to his insights on compassion and project management. And speaking of our listeners, like Michael said, we are so grateful that each of you have taken the time to be with us. If you have a suggestion or if there's something you'd like to see included in our podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at regoconsulting.com. And we also have a special favor to ask. We would like you to send us a note telling us what your favorite movie Hmm. is. We're thinking about doing a special episode on the top movies for project managers. (laughs) So again, that's podcast at regoconsulting.com. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. So to get started, we know that some of you use ServiceNow ITBM, and we have a free Jira connector available for those of you using that tool. The Jira connector has been uh, going like hotcakes. Uh, it was one of the most requested integrations uh, that we've put out so far. Yeah, it took several months to build, and we've got it posted on the ServiceNow app store. It's an agile lifecycle-based connection. Lots of good feedback on how it's helping folks to do Agile in ServiceNow. You can grab a link to it from the Rego Consulting blog. If you go to our blog, you'll see a you'll see an article entitled, There's a Free Jira Connector in the ServiceNow <laughs> App Store. I also snagged a great question from one of our listeners. Steve, do you want to read it? Of course I do. It says, my company has been trying to move to Agile this year but it's been a slow process and we haven't made a lot of headway. What are you guys seeing with other companies moving to Agile? Are they successful? Oh, that's such a good question. And it's certainly not an easy process. Um, It can really be a major disruption, as you know. Majorly beneficial, but any change of this magnitude goes right to the heart of process and governance and updating tool sets and... Not to mention mindset. uh, Right. So if you found yourself in this position or you're planning on making the transition, we've seen companies really make it work and companies that have really struggled. And we released a white paper about both of those situations. That's right. It's it's free and it's called A Practical Guide to a, a Bimodal Agile and PPM Practice. And we've put a link to it in our show notes at regoconsulting.com slash podcast. I also pulled a question from the Rego PPM community that might resonate with some of our CA PPM or Clarity listeners. It is, help, people keep changing my projects, sub projects. Can we hide the button so they can't mess with the hierarchy? 
All right. <laughs> I'm not a PPM consultant, but I don't want people messing with my stuff. So my, my answer would be to either hide the button or just block people that aren't on my team or simply send an email to those people saying, stop touching my stuff. Hey, you're such an expert. So you can hide the hierarchy tab or make it view only using standard security. And then that will block the non-PMO users. But if you've already done that, then you know that the ability to add subprojects through the properties and subprojects page is tied to project edit rights or your automatic PM rights. So another option to help block those folks is to go to the admin UI themes and then copy the code from the default one, throw it into a new one. And then we have a link to some code that you can add to the bottom to reset that theme. Oh, no kidding. All right. I'm feeling good about myself. You should. All right. So we've covered how to help anyone move to Agile and quick tips for ServiceNow ITBM and CAPPM project managers. So what time is it now? It's my favorite time. It's interview time. <laughs> Today we have Grant Zemont joining us. He's one of our very own PPM consultants and change agents. Over the past 20 years, his career has revolved around the project management discipline with an emphasis on the people side of the equation and empathetic leadership. Hi, Grant. Thanks for being with us today. Sure. Hello. Hey, Grant. So I heard that you just gave the featured talk at PDMA or one of them. What, what was it about? Um, so the, my talk was, which I love, I figured out about a week. It was in the Ted style talk section, uh, of the conference. So I had to retool my talk sort of at the last minute, but my talk was about leading change and change management. So it was, I didn't take the tact of, um, here's a framework Here's how you go through the framework for how to um, uh, uh, do organizational change management with you know within your company or whatever. It was more from the tact of you have been nominated. You're now in charge of making change happen, whether it's you know changing a process, changing the way you do things, implementing software, and now what do you do? Um, so it was. Um, primarily focused uh, kind of on the way that we do things at Rego, um, but I interjected a little bit about uh, how to be a compassionate and empathetic leader because, you know, when you change the way that people work, they kind of freak out. Sometimes uh, they freak out a lot. So uh, that has to be considered as opposed to just inflicting change on uh, people within your company. So a compassionate leader... Inflicting change. What are your what were your top strategies? Give us the Cliff Notes version. Um, so the first thing is to understand what. <laughs> so the first thing was in my true form. Uh, gave a history of empathy, what it is, um, and how you can uh, utilize it. Uh, actually, I feel it like love. Um, I think like meditation, like working out. It's a skill. Um, so it's just kind of seeing. I talked a lot about, you know, seeing yourself and other people, um, kind of eliminating the us versus them, or rather eliminating the other. So even though if you're doing something, um, like let's say you're changing the way that resource managers do something and you're not necessarily a resource manager, um, just knowing that their world is going to change, you're the one bringing it forth. Um, so kind of connecting with them, understanding their pain points, you know, kind of on a I see you, you see me level, 
not, well, we're going to do this starting in January and uh, you have no choice and just suck it up and do it. So um, that was kind of the main point. Then the other points were how to break down the barriers of resistance. So branding, because, you know, it, um, we have done rollouts here at Rego where, you know, there's brand Star Wars branded rollouts, dinosaur, you know, don't be a dinosaur, Jurassic Park branded rollouts. And, you know, I know it's kind of cheesy um, and it's funny because a lot of people in the audience laughed because I guess they've been through that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But the minute you, you know, you have the VP of whatever coming in. Uh, for launch day, dressed as a stormtrooper, most pe- some people will roll their eyes, but most people will be like, "All right, all right, all right." So, what do I got to do now? Okay, okay. So, um, it was that, and I think the other main piece was where I see companies fall down, even when you know before Rego at my previous employers, is um, embracing the hate after the change, mentoring, training, don't leave them hanging. Because, you know, you have to do something starting on January 1st. That's great. But you're going to have a whole new wave of resistance when people have to start doing the new process, using the new tool. So you have to consider that. You have to do desk drive-bys, office hours, mentoring. Um, so, yeah, that was that's the long Cliff's Note version of my talk. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. It sounds like it was a great talk. Yeah, it sounds like you had a good time. So uh, if we need a new TED speaker, um, you're going to be the person we call on then. <laughs> yes. I, it's funny. I did. It, it actually was awesome because I hate, I don't like death by bullets. I hate slides. Uh, when I grow up, I want to be Simon Sinek, you know, as far as presenting. So I like watch him and I study him. So I, it was one of those things where I was on the fence like, do I do like all the bullets and go through the models? But the minute I knew I was in that section, I'm like, nope, 10 slides, bunch of pictures. And I am just, I know what I want to talk about and we're just going to roll with it. That's great. And by the way, shocker, I went over time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I bet it was, I bet it was worth it though. So, well, let's, let's switch gears for a moment um, and talk about something maybe, about you personally. So I have a question for you. I've only heard rumor on this, but I have heard that sometimes you like to put in your earbuds and drum. And if that's the case, what are your top, I need to beat something now songs? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I would, I, okay. So my go-to, so we're talking like, it has been a rough week, a rough month. I have just got to get energy out. I don't care. So these days by Foo Fighters is my go-to. It's always my go-to. <laughs> um, I just envision myself on stage. And its I've been playing that song for so long. <laughs> like sometimes I nail it almost perfectly. And sometimes I get it 50% and I don't care. So that's <laughs> like my... But the other ones, um, I'm like, I'm all over. So I love playing Falling Star by the horrors. I love spin by Lifehouse. You gotta, gotta do an homage to nineties alternative. Um, and I think my last one, uh, that I'm actually teaching myself right now is no longer making time by slow dive. Um, cause my whole thing, like when I just need to beat on something, I need to start calm, but then songs that like totally have energy and rock at the end, I'm all over it. So that's kind of like what I'm doing these days. 
That's awesome. So you're the project manager who teaches compassion and empathy and also has to beat things really hard with sticks. Exactly. <laughs> it's all about but balance. It is all yes, this when they say work life balance, this is that work life balance. <laughs> totally. Well, Grant, all I can say is that if I'm walking with you in an airport, I'm going to kind of walk away from you just in case you decide to start drumming and you don't. <laughs> you have to keep in, wait, wait, wait. You got to keep in mind that I am very chill. I do yoga and I meditate. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just got to go beat things with sticks. Too. I don't know what to tell right. you. I know that feeling. Okay. Well, let's get back to, you know, what, you know, something that's important and dear to all of us that we're all passionate about, which is PPM. So you were just at the PDMA conference. You speak with clients like on a weekly basis. You're out meeting with them. What do you see as the most important things PPM leaders need to do or know to be successful today? Um, I think it's a couple of things. Uh, the the two, the two to come to mind right away. Um, number one is crawl, walk, run. Um, I think I understand, you know, being on both sides, right? I've been at Rego a couple of years, but I used to be on the other side, right? That you have a, a roadmap in your mind of how um, you're going to roll out new processes, new tools, or enhance what you have. And then you have external politics, right? You have your boss, your boss's boss, your CIO, your CFO, who want everything tomorrow. Why can't we have it tomorrow? I get that. Um, I see, I, I think the. I think it's critical that if you're in a leadership role and you're in charge of doing this, crawl, walk, run is important. You can have everything, but realize that, you know, I think it's more important to get something out now and add to it then wait till every T is crossed, every I is dotted, and then nine months go by and we, you know, unleash all of this newness and all of this change onto an organization. Now, so you like the agile iterative, iterative approach? I do because, I mean, we're, I, I do because we're talking about when you're talking about process, you're talking about people. And so like, you know, even I said this at PMA, like everybody knows their, you know, your culture, right? So some cultures are used to constant change. So it doesn't matter. But some cultures, you know, whether or not we can configure something or have a report look a certain way is one thing, but how much change your people can absorb to actually make a difference and help your decision making or make things easier, make things more efficient that varies company to company. And I always see, you know, I, I just feel like these projects take longer, longer than they should because there's more, there's too much debate on what goes in, what goes out, what do we do in Q2, what do we do in Q3, and all of that driven from the fact that we want everything today. It's like you can have everything. Just let's get what's the most important things today worry about Q2 next year, worry about Q3 and Q3. Mm. So that to me, like I said, um, is the biggest thing. I think the second, the only other thing that I think is like, I mean, obviously there's probably a list of 50 things, but the other thing that I just see um, companies struggle with the most is the one size fits all. Um, and what I mean by that is we have a tool and it's going to do 
everything for us. And we're going to try to have the tool fix all of our broken processes, or um, this tool has to do everything. And again, at Rego and even before Rego, you know, focus group of one here, but from my experience and the way that I view the world, it is okay if you have a PPM tool that does only 80% of what you need it, because sometimes Microsoft Excel is awesome and does exactly what you need it to do. And it's not worth spending 10, 20, 50, $100,000 having a PPM do, tool do something that Microsoft Excel does. I, even with project scheduling is really the biggest one here. Like PPM tools have project scheduling functions. Awesome. But if everyone in your company loves MSP, Microsoft Project, have them keep MSP. You're, they'll be happy and just have MSP interface with your PPM tool. You know, don't try to make one tool do, you know, everything and think that that's going to be, you know, going to make the better world for you. Mm-hmm. So... So those are the things that you see as really important. And I know you've been meeting with a lot of people over the years. What are the things that seem to be on the top of their mind? What do they see as their challenges? Are they the same? I think they're the same. Um, the only thing that I think is difference, different than what I said um, is um, decision-making and data. Um so I see those, yeah, so good point. So I see those as the most important, but the additional thing is data and decision-making. Um, what, you know, every company I've worked for, eventually once you get mature enough, you have 500,000 points of data and you can report on it in 20 <laughs> different ways, but should you? And, you know, what are the what are the things you need to run your business? And I I... You know, we had a client, you know, at Rego that, you know, we like did an evaluation of, uh, you know, of their reporting library and stuff. And just to run IT from health and resources, I think it was something like they had 345 reports they absolutely had to have. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, when you, once you, we started digging in, how many do you really use? And then how much manpower is used to generate all this stuff, but maybe only 20% of it's ever used for any decision-making? So that's the only thing I guess I would, would add to, because I, I, even, you know, with um, being a PDMA this week, you know, a lot of them are, you know, not necessarily in the PPM space per se, right? They're product managers, product, you know, development but they still have projects and they still have work and take. It's the same thing. It was processes messed up, takes too long to do something. Can't believe we still work this way. And I don't have enough. I don't have the right data or I have too much data. So all we do is sit here and debate about um, what report we should use and what does this data mean versus that data mean, as opposed to actually making a decision and moving on. Mm. I was going to get that project done, but I was too busy reading my 365 reports. <laughs> well, honestly, one of them was like an Excel spreadsheet that had, I think, like over 100 tabs. I mean, that's it's nuts. Wow. Yeah. And okay. It, right. So there you go. <laughs> well, so you've met a lot of people and you get a lot of good feedback from them and you've done a, your fair amount of traveling. So we can't 
we cannot let this go by without asking if you would share with us one of your favorite travel nightmare stories. <laughs> so, okay, so when at, when we had Rigo U, like, okay, so my travel nightmare stories do not compare to what I heard at Rigo U. So I'm just throwing that out there. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm knocking on wood. I, I don't want to deal with things that like Mindy dealt with or Dan dealt with. But um, my f- it's not even my favorite. It's just one of those things you just can't believe. I, I've only ever been once in the you're stuck on the plane and they won't let you off scenario. And it's been hours. Um, and that was at Midway Airport. Uh, the airline will remain nameless. But I was going to Rochester where one of our clients are. And middle of winter. So I learned actually a lot about airline travel that day. So the de-icer broke down. (laughs) So fine, they towed the de-icer and they were going to get the other de-icer. But the other de-icer was in the service shed and it froze over. So the entire airline could not de-ice because one de-icer was broken and the other one was frozen over. (laughs) So uh, airlines apparently contract that out airline by airline. It's not the airport because I'm like, just get another one. No, United contracts with a company to de-ice. American Airlines contracts with a completely separate company to de-ice. So then we had to wait for technicians to come to the airport. And of course, and it took two hours because I am sure they were in Denver and had to fly to (laughs) literally de-ice the de-icer so the (laughs) de-icer could come de-ice the plane. And they, and which was comical after a while, once they, but the whole, we can't let you off the plane because of FAA and, you know, hour two, hour three, the bathrooms are starting to get gross. Uh, it's like yeah. I'm like that's when people started kind of losing it. So yeah, after about three hours, we were in the air. Wow. But, yeah, and the only reason I know all this Great is story. because the pilot was appalled as well, and he's literally telling us all of the gory details. Like, yep, this is how airlines work these days, and blah 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 blah. Hey, we got a guy. He's coming from Denver. His name is Fred Smith. You know, I mean, because he couldn't move and it was i get i sort of get it too i'm sure you know totally snowing or that snow ice so he was probably frustrated as well yeah (laughs) so yeah no i was never yeah but that pales in comparison to some of the stuff i've heard from other rego folks that's great no it it wasn't i never (laughs) i never want to do that again so Midway, that's in Chicago, and uh, I understand that's where you're from, Grant. Yes, correct. So, are you uh, any, anything that will ever uh, get you to move away from Chicago, or are you uh, Chicago for life? What? <laughs> Funny you ask. Absolutely not. So yeah, the minute. So the plan is the minute that my youngest, uh, who is 13, is in college or off to his next thing after high school, I'm out. I I was born and raised here, but my heart is west of the Mississippi, specifically Rocky Mountains and west. So it's the only it's the only place I love Colorado. I love northern New Mexico this year. I want to do Montana and Wyoming. 
if not the Pacific Northwest, I've never been, which I can't believe. So, yeah. There's a reason why they call Montana the big sky state, because the sky is bigger there. I, mm-hmm. I on Instagram, I follow, not a, like the U.S. Department of the Interior, I follow Glacier National Park's account. 80% of my Instagram is Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. Just photographers and campers and van lifers and all that. <laughs> We've got mountains in Utah, too, you know. Look, if Rigo <laughs> would give me two to three months off, I would love to start at the Montana-Canada border and go down and maybe spend a couple of weeks in Utah, spend, you know, go down to Arizona through Monument to New Mexico. So if anybody, any of you guys can make that happen. For, oh, paid. By the way, two to three months <laughs> off. Paid. Rigo leadership, if you're listening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, trust me, Utah... I, I think I need to do, I want to do Montana because of the forests, but Utah is probably number two. Like nothing against Wyoming. It's just, you know, central estate south. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> we may get a few Chamber of Commerce is sending us notes now, too. So, Grant, it has been, <laughs> it has been yes. a pleasure to speak with you today and, and hear about some of your insights and your wisdom Thank you for the time that you took to be with us. Sure. No problem. Thanks, Grant. What a great interview, Camille. Now, as we wrap up, let's take a look at what's on our radar for our next podcast. Coming up, we'll have great information on how to set up KPIs for PMOs. That's key performance indicators for your project management office. And we have some really impressive consultants joining us to share some of their SME experiences guiding over 300,000 people through their PPM journeys. SME being subject matter experts, of course. And we recently ran the numbers. Rico Consulting has worked with 35% of the companies on the Fortune 100 list and 50% of the companies on the Fortune 20 Mm. list. We really have some incredible consultants and some great customers. That's so true. Thank you for joining us. If you have a question, please drop us a line at podcast at regoconsulting.com. The PPM podcast is produced by Michael Murdoch. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please help us reach more people by taking a moment to leave us a rating. 